Get your Bibles, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Tonight we are going to have fun. Boy, y'all are exciting one more time. I had something happen to me the other day. I, um, I went in my office and I sat down and the Lord gave me a prophetic word. And I want to talk to you about that for a moment. Because I don't like to say, I don't, I, you, you really will rarely ever hear me say I'm a prophet. For the, there are several reasons for that. Num, number one, there's prophets are like birds. You know, you can have an eagle or a sparrow. It, it, they're not all the same. And we have this idea that prophets are kind of weird people. And they always come around and have a word for you. And they don't. And because God uses people different, the prophet pastor office, Brother Hagin said that most of the early Pentecostals were prophet pastors. And it doesn't mean that they are like Elijah or like John the Baptist or like Ken Clement. All that it means is that they stand in an office and God gives them insight into what is coming and get you ready. That's really all that it is. It's not like this big woo. Most of the time, the Lord will give me something and he'll give me scriptures. And whatever I'm giving you will be a sermon. But yet it will not be from a book. It will literally be a prophetic message. Does that make sense to you? So, you know, it's not like, and I don't, I don't, I see Mary Fran as being a certain way, but I also understand that when you, when you call yourself a prophet, first of all, people immediately think that you're kind of weird and, and they, and they don't, they don't know what you do. They don't know how you think. Um, so they tend to shun people who call themselves prophets. I had a lady came to me one time, and I was in my house in Effie Drive. She was a Raymond grad. And, and she came over for dinner, and she says, Pastor Morgan, you scare me. I said, why do I scare you? Was it look shocked to me? She said, well, I don't know what you're thinking. She said, it just has this idea that I'm reading her mail all the time or something. And yet, even if I was, it's not that big of a deal. Right. It, it's not like God is telling all your deep, dark secrets on you, and he doesn't. If he does give somebody something for you, it's for your benefit. Right. And so, so um, anyway, there's a lot of things he shows me, but I'm going to give you a word from the Lord. Are you all ready? Yeah. It's really good. It is a time, it's time to understand now times and seasons. It is a time in the body of Christ to understand times and seasons. Mary Fran said, do not take an event out of its time. She told the story about the time that she, the Lord gave her a vision and she turned me down a little bit, Mike. It sounds like I'm in a, in a tub someplace. She was in a vision and she saw angels in like a room taking things out of a mailbox and putting them in another place. 
And she asked the Lord what those were, and she says, those are times and events. And she, and she said, the church is often taking things out of its time. They're, they're doing something before its time, or they're missing the time, the event, the season. So let me read this prophecy and this prophetic word, and then I'll explain it to you. The church right now is in between two times, the age of the church or the age of grace and the millennial reign. We have begun in the time of sorrow. We are there. We are in that time zone right now. The earth is giving birth. There is a transition. Things are going to get wild. A baby is being born and nothing can stop it. Satan is trying to stop it, the millennial reign, from entering. Remember when he tried to stop Jesus from being born. Remember when he tried to stop Moses. He's going to try. So the world right now has an agenda to create its own new world order or millennial reign and stop Jesus' reign from coming. Now you need to know that's happening. And I'm going to tell you why. My words, and I'm talking about mine, Pastor Darrell, are to the church and not the world at large. The prophetic word is to prepare you for what is ahead so you will not suffer with the world. Now, case in point, he gave me the case. Joseph was such a prophet, so Israel did not have to suffer during a famine. This time period began in October of 2019. Now, I'm going to preach on the whole times and seasons tonight. I'm going to talk to you about times and seasons. There is a thing called a transition period. Now, we just had uh, Paul and Nikki had a baby. I think when Jesus used the term, uh, the beginning of sorrows, there is a word in the Jewish language, the Hebrew language, that talks about the word time meaning a time of sorrow or a time of a woman having a baby. And, and what, what that means is there's, a, there's something that happens. In other words, she's walking around. She's definitely pregnant. No one really knows when the baby's coming but they know the time is short. They know about when it's going to happen. But there's a time that, that the, the woman's, you know, her cervix will dilate, her water will break, and everyone knows this is the time. And, and when we start talking about having a baby, we understand that a woman knows there's a, there's a tough time ahead but it'll be worth it when the baby comes. We don't talk a lot about the millennial reign. I've, I don't even know if we have a book in the bookstore on it. I don't know if I've ever preached a sermon on it. But we are entering into a time zone now where the world, the earth, is entering into, it's, it's between the church age and the millennial reign. Now, when that happens, when Jesus returns to the earth, he's going to rule and reign 
over all of the earth. Now, God has to have a, a seventh day. Now, whether you understand what I'm about to say or not is irrelevant. Just kind of hold on to your horses. God has never done away with the Sabbath, contrary to many Christians. We, the, the church changed it uh, early on in, in, in churchianity because the early church started going to church on Sunday, the first day of the week, and having communion on that day to celebrate the resurrection. And, and it kind of stuck. Now, now, there is a Sabbath rest in, in the creation. And when you go to Israel, they, they still honor the Sabbath during the millennial reign, whether you like it or not. Businesses all over the earth will shut down on the Sabbath. And there is a seven, there is a thousand year or seven uh, the, the between the sixth and the seventh thousandth year reign of man. After that, uh, God's going to change everything, and I, and I don't want to get into that. I don't know that much about it. But I know that Jesus will rule and reign on the earth as a man, and we know there will be peace. The lion will lay down with the lamb, and a lot of things will happen. In other words, um, right now, the world that we're in, the, whole, the, the earth, the, the people of the earth, the church is getting more on fire and Satan's crowd is becoming more like him. And the obvious rejection of God is being seen. I mean, we don't care. You know, I mean, we're talking about they lie and don't care you know it. I mean, they can, they can stand up and lie through their teeth and say, I can't believe Trump did this, even though it was okay for us to do it. Kiss our grits, you know, and it's like, are you guys idiots? Yes, they are. Because the devil is just flat out showing his backside right now in a massive way because he's trying his best to stop the, the millennial reign from ever entering. He, he wants so bad to take over and to sit on the throne and, and he will get his three and a half years. We will not be here. I'm going to show you that in a minute. I finally found it. Glory to God, I found it. I found it, I found it, I found it. I've been, I mean, I don't buy something just because somebody wrote a book. I mean, I want to see it in the Bible. Okay. All right. He told me this. Prophets are as varied as birds. Don't, don't come along and say all birds do. They don't all do the same thing. Hummingbirds don't act like eagles, and eagles don't act like buzzards, and buzzards don't act like blue jays. But all birds fly. All prophets prophesy. All prophets are prophets. But they're not all the same. They're not supposed to be. You can't come along and kind of do this, this mold that we want to do with an office and make it fit you. It doesn't work. And, and so having said that, prophets give you times and seasons. And I'm not talking about dates, but they will actually give you times and seasons. Bible teachers do not do that. Now, let me say something to you right now. because this About a year and a half ago, the Lord said to me, he says, the time of the prophet's going to take preeminence, number one. 
the Bible teacher will no longer take preeminence. When that happened, Bible teachers did not know what, what to do. And if you'll listen to them online, they're trying to explain what's going on, and they don't know. And, and they're just, you know, they're saying things, things and you're going, and go back to teaching and leave this one alone. Because they're messing everything up, trying to, to bring the prophetic into the teaching ministry. Can't do that. You can't explain the world. Let the prophets tell you what's going on. Let the teachers teach. But they're sitting around going, I think we need a little wisdom. I think we need a little wisdom. No, I think you're talking about just being a coward is what I think you're being, you know. And, and, and there's a lot of stuff they're saying that you have to stop and go, these men have been number one for 20 years, and now they're, they're, they don't even have any idea what's happening. Okay. And yet, God's bringing the prophets, and I'm not going to get into when prophets miss it. Um, that's not my subject tonight. We'll get into that one night, but I think most people have enough sense to know what to do with that. Okay. Uh, prophets give you times and seasons. And he said, he doesn't, they don't necessarily give you dates, but they will give you a time and a season. I'm going to read that in a minute. Prophet's office is not weird. It's awesome. Thank you. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3.1. Let's go over there. And, um, and the Lord told me to come over here and, and read this to you tonight. And I'm going to read 1 through 13. So just hold your horses. To everything, there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant. Now when I say that, that does not mean God has a date for you. Do y'all listening to me? Well, oh, it's my time. Amen. No, it's not your time. With long life, he'll satisfy you, but you will die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what's planted. There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal. There's a time to break down. Not talking about you falling apart. And a time to build up. A time to weep. A time to laugh and a time to mourn. A time to dance. A time to cast stones. A time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain. A time to lose. A time to keep. A time to throw away. A time to tear, a time to sow. A time to be quiet, a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. Time of war and time of peace. What profit has the worker from which he labors? And I have seen the God-given task which the sons of men are to be occupied. And he has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has put eternity in their hearts and accept that no man can find out the work of God that God does from beginning to end. I know nothing is better for them than to rejoice and do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat, drink, and enjoy the good of his labor. It is the gift of God. All right, let's go over that a little bit so that you'll understand what we mean by that. There is a time to make war. Contrary to what people in the world say. Amen. There's a time to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. 
There's a time after war is done for you to get back together like the Union did with the Revolutionary War or with the Civil War where people get back and they they bury the hatchet, they they pray together and they come back and they begin to work together. There, There are times and seasons in life and we understand that right now and we understand that there is a time called springtime. There is a time and in the springtime you do not do what you do in the fall. You don't do it. You just, you, you, if you do, you're going to find yourself doing weird stuff. The other day Lisa and I went up to Snowshoe, West Virginia to go snow skiing and I'm going to tell you in the past, it, it wasn't this time, was always very difficult to go in to, the, to my drawers and get wool socks, wool hats, gloves, snow bibs, and all of this heavy, warm clothing, and it's 80, and, I, and I'm running around in shorts and a t-shirt. You know, it, it, it feels weird to pack for zero, in Florida. But you know, after you've done it a few times, you go, you better. So one year, Lisa and I took the boys up to Snowshoe and we went in there and Lisa let them pack and, and, and she learned better. They had snow bibs, a ski jacket, muscle shirts, and shorts. That's it. Couple pair of underwear. So under their ski jacket had a muscle shirt. I went, I thought you packed. I brought my coat because in their mind, they're Florida boys. They, they've never raised where it's 20 below zero with a wind chill factor. They, you know, and of course, they were fine. I said, are you fine? Oh, yeah, we're great. I'm going, yeah, you won't be in about 20 years. <laughs> so understand that there are, there's a time for everything under the sun. There's a, there is fall. There is winter. There is spring. In the same way, and you need to think about this, what you and I have been doing in churchianity for the last 20 years is not what you're supposed to be doing now. And right now, the church is having trouble with that. Because I'm hearing them go, I can't wait till the COVID's done. Not going to be. I can't wait till we get back to normal. Not going to. Because you understand that we're in a transition time. Listen, if, if, you know, if Paul may have done a lot of things in his young life, but I'm going to tell you prophetically, it all changed when the baby came. He will never be a boy again. He'll think, walk, talk, and he will be a man. He'll work when he don't want to. He'll help with the baby when he don't want to. And he's going to take responsibility for someone who can't take. Everything changes when a baby comes. Everything in the earth is changing. And the church is not ready. It's like I preached for a year. I got up in this pulpit and I said, Everything I'm preaching right now is prophetic. You need to learn about the authority of the believer. I can tell you a handful of people in this church got ready. And when COVID hit, 
you look like you were snow skiing in your underwear. You'd look like, I didn't really know it was going to be this cold. Yeah, it's going to be this cold. Everything changed from the day we left Orlando and landed in um, Roanoke, Virginia and rented a Jeep they told me had all-wheel drive and it didn't. And you know, you're talking about sliding up a mountain, praying in the Holy Ghost at 11.30 at night with snow hitting your windshield and, and realizing this Jeep is not four-wheel drive. And I'm going, glory to God, we will make it in the name of Jesus. And I got up there and I, and I drove it into a snow drift and I got out and I slammed the door and I parked it. And Lisa said, I said, Lisa, you will not be going anywhere in that car until the day we go home and we will believe God. The sun will be shining. And I had to go and the day, the day, of, the day we left, I had to get a shovel and dig it out. And then when I finally got it out and got it on a decent road, I said, let's believe God that we'll get down the mountain where it's 33 degrees. And we finally made it down and everything after that was fine. It's a different world. Yeah, it's not, if this, ain't, this ain't Florida. Never mind. That's white, but it ain't sand. So we got to understand the season we're in. There's a time to work and a time to worship. They're not the same. There's a time for you to learn the Bible. There's a time to do the Bible. There's a time to pray, and then there's a time for you to go. There's a time to sleep. There is a time to get out of bed. There's a time to be born again, and then there's a time to mature. There's a time to rejoice, and there are sometimes you might want to weep. There's a time to rebuke, and there's a time to just flat be quiet. A lot of different times in life. All changes in times have what's called a transition period. And that's what the Lord said to me. I want you to teach them about transitions. So go to the book of Genesis and we're going to learn something really neat tonight. Every time God changes something, there is a transition period in between the two. Say amen. amen. All right. Some of it you're going to recognize because all of my life I have heard people talk about the rapture of the church and this is the way they described it. We're just going to go along the way it's always been. You're going to get up in the morning, go to work, everybody's going to be going good, everything's going to be the same, and then one day, bam, we're out, and the next day all hell's going to break loose. Not true. Not even close. There's a transition period. And the first one that he said, I want you to look at, was Noah. There was a time, Genesis 6, 3, there was a time period in the earth called, was the, was the time of beginnings. It's the time that Adam ruled and reigned. It was the time that people actually lived on the earth for 1,000 years. I mean, everybody was old. I mean, uh, I mean, 100 years old, you're a puppy. 200 years old, you're just getting started. But I mean, everybody lived to be 1,000 years. I believe, personally, there was a crystalline environment over the, over the atmosphere that picked up all that the stars, the stars, every star out there gives off a sound. 
and every one of them, when it hits that crystalline, you could hear in the atmosphere what appeared to be music. That atmosphere held the, um, the, the oxygen levels higher in the earth than they are now. And it says that when it rained, it didn't just start raining. It says that the earth broke up from below and from above. So that the, the, the water that says that, that God watered the earth from the ground, which meant that there was a mist that would rise up, it had never rained on the earth in the way we see it. The North Pole and the South Pole and the equator were all the same temperature. We were in a greenhouse and everything was large. Now they've proven this scientifically. I don't have time to prove it to you. Am I on? Am I on? I'm good. So whenever the flood happened, all of that crystalline broke. Men went from living 1,000 years to 170 because the atmosphere on the earth changed. All right, but in between the two times, and I want to read this to you now, Genesis 6, 3. Get excited or I'm going to keep you down here till midnight. Let's read 6, 1. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, they were beautiful, and they took wives of themselves. And he's not talking about a, 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 aliens. Because first of all, demons can't have sex, they don't have semen. And that ought to just fix that whole piece of stupid right there. If they did then, they could do it now, and they can't do it now, and they probably wish they could. That's why they have to get in your body and turn you into a weirdo. Okay. And the Spirit said, my, my spirit shall not strive with man... Adam was called the son of God, so men were called sons of God. Women were born of Adam, they're called the daughters of men. That's all that means. And uh, someone wants to write a book and make a lot of money and get you to buy it. Okay. For indeed his flesh and his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days because of the, of the environment. And so we, we see right here that something, God is getting man ready for something. God's about to change everything. He's taking the world from the Adamic period to the Abrahamic period. And so because he's about to make that change, a transition period is here. It wasn't in a day. So I looked it up today and Noah, it took Noah somewhere between 70 years and 100 years to build the ark. Now why did God do that? Because he wanted man to know something's changing. So, I want you to understand this. Anytime you change from one dispensation to another dispensation, there will always be a period there called a transition. Now, we'll get into David in a minute. We'll get into Jesus in a minute. But I'm saying it to you so that you can see that there are things happening over a period of time to let you know something's changing. And the world should have looked at the boat, should have listened to Noah, and said, something's going to happen here real soon, and God's trying to show us. Yes. So there was a time period there, and God told Noah that, 
And it says in verse 5, And the Lord saw the wickedness of man who was great in the earth. Every intent and thought of his heart was evil. And the Lord was sorry he made man. And he was grieved and he said, I'm going to destroy man whom I made. And so we went on and we talked about how God told Noah to build an ark. Verse 14, make an ark. Make it like this. Make it out of gopher wood and off anyway. And I want to go one day up and see the ark and, and to see someone built it. But anyway, it took seven years. Now, I want you to look at seven. Go to Genesis 7. Um, seven verse four. After he made the ark, which was a transition period, there was another shorter transition period and I found this today and I and I went there's my answer when Noah finished building the ark God took the fear of animals the fear of man out of the animals and they brought their self to the ark that was another thing that people should have gone something's going on at the boat I mean, I mean, we're talking about caribou, elk, bison, elephants, giraffes, and they were all babies. So don't, I know you got the picture that in the book in preschool, but they were baby elephants and they were baby giraffes and they were baby monkeys because God, Noah had to take care of them for a while. Now I want you to read this and I want you to see this because this is so cool. After seven days, I will cause it to rain on the earth, 40 days and 40 nights, and I'll destroy from the face of the earth all the living I have made. Now, in this one verse, he gives us two transitions, periods, and it says down here in verse 16, let's read it. So those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut them in. How long were they in there from the time that God shut the door until the rain started. Seven days. Is there a seven-year time period we're seeing here from the time that God shuts the door and wrath begins? There's the rapture. I went, hey, finally found it in the Bible. Because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah... Think about the fact that Noah's sitting there for seven days doing nothing. It ain't raining. It's sunny. There's elephants eating hay. They're sitting around cooking inside for the first time. They're cha they've changed everything, but for a seven-day period, and then all hell broke loose. For how long? 40 days. So what we're seeing is there was a 70 to 100 years transition. Then there was a seven-day transition. Then there was a 40-day transition. And then there was about a hundred and something days that the water receded before the, the ark rested on Mount Ararat. And we go through these time periods of Noah turning the, the, the dove loose and coming out to a brand new age that had never been. Everything changed from, from the atmosphere to how long men lived and everything. Everything changed after that. But, but, if you, but what I want you to see is that it, there was not an end to it on Monday and a beginning on Tuesday. When, and, he, and I want you to understand, when Jesus made the statement in Matthew 
that the beginning of sorrows, he's talking about a woman having a baby. And so all of you ladies in here understand there's a transition period where the woman goes from I'm, I'm happy, I'm pregnant, to I'm waddling, I walk funny, I dress different, to let's don't go far from the house to the day that everything stops. Then you're having a baby and it gets pretty wild for a season. Then the baby comes and so this is, what, this is what's happening in the world right now. We have, we're coming to an end of the church age as we know it. If you don't believe God, listen to what the devil's saying. He's obviously nervous. How many people have you heard lately that said, I've never seen anything like this in my life? I mean, people in Washington are insane. I'm going, that, this is stupid. On the political side, <laughs> let's just say that they did impeach Trump. Do you think his daughter can't run? Do you think he won't sit in the White House with her? I mean, it's like, hey, dummy. You tried to kill Jesus and stop it. You couldn't do it. And what we're watching is, is literally, you're, you're watching the devil go nuts. All right. So we see in the book of Genesis, we see God had a transition period between two time zones. Okay, let's go to another one. Let's go to 1 Samuel 16. And we're going to talk about the transition from Saul's reign to David's. Was it, was there a conflict? Teresa answered, I'm getting one nod and everyone else is asleep. Between Saul and David, was there an obvious transition period? In other words, did Saul go down on Monday and David stepped in Tuesday? No, absolutely not. Why is that? There's two reasons for it. Number one, the devil didn't want to give up his reign. Number two, David wasn't ready. So though David was anointed, and though the church is anointed, David took on the reign of king. Saul knew he is the king, and man, he went nuts, and David had to go into exile until Saul died. Now think about the political arena now. God's not done. God is up there going, ha, ha, ha. Oh boy, I want y'all to get that so bad. God started something. God will finish what he started. He's not leaving here without a bang. He's, let, he's gonna let the whole world know who God is before this thing's over with. 
They ain't a Democrat or a rhino Republican this side of hell going to stop the plan of God for the United States of America. And he's just sitting up there going, ha, 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 bozo, I got another word for y'all. And I'm excited. I'm going, what are you going to do next? Don't you love living in this time? It's like, this is cool. We just saw them try to impeach a man not even in office. <laughs> and he's over there going, ha, ha, ha. Acting like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. <laughs> and it's scaring the heck out of them. Because Trump's not their problem. God is their problem. Anyway, anyway. Our best days are ahead, and I'm just looking around going, this is, this is going to be so much fun. 1 Samuel 16, 1. And the Lord said to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for Saul, saying, I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil, go, I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I've provided myself a king from his sons. We understand that this means that he's going to find little David. David's out there watching over the sheep. Do you know why he's watching over the sheep? Because nobody in the house wants him in the house. And when, he, when the fan, he comes and says, is this all your sons? And everybody goes, no. There's this loudmouth businessman. We don't like him. You ever notice the people God picks is not what you... What? Everybody thought that the next president would be a preacher. I like Trump's personality. I think he ought to slap a few more people. I'm not saying that I relate to him at all. Y'all are not even a little bit of fun. Anyway, God anoints David to be king and so David goes back to watching the sheep and Next thing you know, they're in a war and no one's fighting and David takes some cheese and stuff and then he looks and goes, anybody go kill this giant? And the anointing kicks in and God is bringing David up and letting everybody know who the king is. Of course, we know the story. He kills Goliath. Saul can't stand it. Because he knows, because of his disobedience, the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. He already knows from the prophet that he's done. But even though he knows he's done, he's not giving up his seat easy. Crooked people are like that, yes. So I'm going to give you, how do we know who is the real president? I'm going to ask you a question. If someone steals your car, whose car is it? Mine. Y'all are lively. Father, send me to the Baptist. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 
So we see that, that God has chosen David. And the next thing you know, Saul is trying to kill David. And I want you to look down at 1 Samuel 22. And um, let's go over there and read it. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Abdullam. So when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they went down to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone in debt, everyone discontented gathered to him. And he became captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. David's reign is beginning, but not immediately. He is the king, but he's in a desert hiding in a cave. Because there's a transition period from you are the king to you have the throne. And this is, this is tumultuous. David went through a lot of stuff right down to the end when the Amalekites came and stole everything he had and even his men wanted to kill him and God vindicated him. And the next battle, Saul dies, uh, his son dies, David steps into Jerusalem and everybody goes, David's king. And a new era of the world began. It was a type of Jesus, type of a millennial reign. But I want you to see that there, were, there was trouble. When the Bible says, talking about the end times, it refers to it as Jacob's trouble. The word tribulation means trouble. There's tribulation, there's great tribulation. Thank you, Jesus. We won't be here for the great. But if you have not noticed lately, and I, don't, and I, I guess I'm going to go ahead and just tell you some of this now. I've been watching the New World Order for over 10 years. Now, do you know what that is? The New World Order is a group of men, unelected, rich people on the earth right now. They're someplace in Europe, don't know where they are, that want a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world monetary system. And they're pushing it. Everything that you just saw happened was created. There is no pandemic. They made it. They made the virus and tried to patent it to make money off of it. And the government, thank God, told them you can't patent a virus. So they sent it to Wuhan, China. The virus was designed to kill people because they want less people on the earth. You, you, you might want to wake up one day and begin to smell the coffee. There's no reason for masks. If you think I'm joking, I want you to do something. Just do this. Just go home and do it. Get you a vape cigarette. Go get you one, even though you don't smoke. Take a puff, put the mask on, and blow. It, it'll just come out of the top and the sides. and It'll go everywhere. If that doesn't work, pass gas. And tell me that the Fruit of the Looms and the Levi stopped it. We don't stop it. The whole point, they said, was to create 
a feeling that you are safe. They're wanting to take you from liberty to being safe. The vaccine, the reason it was made in Madeira, it means modified DNA. If you know what's in it, there's people dropping dead taking it. They already know. Now, they've never made a vaccine for the flu. Never. They, they can't make one for this because it can't be done. Guys, I just wish somebody would just wake up one day. So they've already told you that you're going to have to take it over and over and over and over in order to fly or to buy and to sell. Okay, somebody, come on. And they're setting you up for a one world government. They've already told you. Now, right now in the military, this is going on right now as we talk. They're weeding out... What do they call the, the people in the military that are left-wingers, they're um, right-wingers? Extremists. You know what an extremist is? Right-wing radical Christians. Because you're not going to go along with their agenda. They're starting in the military to get those people out. I'm glad they are. Because if a war starts, I want to know I'm not shooting at Christians. Then they're going to start on the police. I already sat down and had breakfast, not breakfast, but coffee with um, Kevin Barry, the former chief of police for Orange County for years. And they're going to require, if he carries a gun, to have a psych test. Because you can't be psychologically normal if you're a Christian. I mean, you understand what? Do you understand the new definition of hate speech? If you don't agree with homosexuality, that's hate speech. And I, I know that some of y'all don't believe this, but I've heard rumors that Facebook's going to start limiting what you say. I knew I'd finally get some of y'all to say something. Can you actually believe we live in a nation where they're going to tell you what you can believe? Absolutely. Do you understand you are in a transition? And I said that because I want you to understand there are things you are not going to change. Okay, case in point. Let's say that Paul and Nikki had decided last week that we don't want the baby this week. We would rather go on vacation and we'll do it next week. How, do you th- how well do you think they've got away with that? No. <laughs> baby's coming. Yeah. The baby's deciding what they do. The millennial reign is about to tell you what you will and will not do. Because we are ta- the earth is birthing the la- Jesus' return. We are birthing the millennial reign right now. That's exciting. 
We ought to be looking around going, oh, mama's, uh, mama's in the room. And, uh, and I mean, they're hooking her up to IVs. And I mean, all oh, the church right now, yeah, baby. I mean, we're about to have a baby. We, we're close. Yes. You want some dates? I'm not going to give you the date of the rapture. When was Jesus born? What year? Somebody guess. Say 2 AD or 3 AD. Just say it. Pretend like you know what you're talking about. You were right. <laughs> How long did he walk on the earth with his disciples before he went to the cross? Say 30 years. Okay. What year was that? Wasn't 30 AD because he was, because you understand now, now we're talking about about 30 years because he was born in March and he died in the fall. Not, no, yeah, yeah, no, he died in spring. Died in spring, born in spring, died in spring. So we know there was, a, there was 30 years there. And so he was, that's a, so that means that he died somewhere around 29 AD. Maybe 28, 29. That would mean that the thousand year, the 2000 year church age doesn't end until 2029. Are y'all just sleeping or y'all thinking? The 6,000 years from Adam is 2039. And whatever it means, it just means there's a baby coming. That's, that's all I'm, I'm trying. I'm not trying to give you dates. I'm just telling you, don't make plans for your vacation in 10 years. You might be in the waiting room looking at a baby coming. You might want to just forfeit a few days. I think, we're, I think there's a transition. See, when it came time to get in the boat, you need to get in the boat. This, this, listen, I know, Mo, I know you've been hammering for a hundred years, but put the hammer down and get in the boat. Right now, we've been doing a lot of stuff in the earth for 2,000 years. It is time for you to start seeing there are elephants coming. There's giraffes coming. Something's changing in the world, and there's a transition going from this age to this age. Something tells me we're going to be sitting there listening to rains very soon. The church is not thinking transition. We're not thinking, oh, this thing's happening while we're looking. They're already, they're no longer even hiding New World Order. They're not even hiding it and the church is still going, you think we'll ever get back to the way it was? <laughs> yeah, in about 10 years and better. You think Trump's coming back? I don't know, but Jesus is. And he's going to make Trump look like a sissy. I'm just, I'm just talking. I'm excited. I mean, I'm like, I'm a, see, I am, I'm making plans right now for 10 years. I, I was talking to Lisa on the way up here, and y'all don't get mad at me for what I'm about to say. I said, do you want to live by one of the springs? 
Someone's going to rule and reign over this area. And I said, you want to live by the springs? And she goes, you mean you're my boss? I said, absolutely. Somebody is. It won't be Orange County. That's right. He's blocking us out and making us wear a mask to go swimming in the spring, you numb nut. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can't get too many people. You're polluting the water. It's a spring fruit loop. The yellow water goes down. <laughs> I would love to take somebody from Orange County out and just have a few minutes with them. Never mind. I'm having fun and y'all are just, I'm trying to enjoy myself. I'm doing pretty good. So David fled for his life and we understand that a kingdom was born. Now go to Matthew 2. Let's do one more transition. I'm making a good point, aren't I? The point is, there will always be a transition period between two time zones. You need to know what season it is. You need to know what time it is. You can't do everything the same all the time. Um, the church in America is going to change. And you need to change with it. And we'll give you a scripture. It's an end time scripture. Do not forsake the assembly as you see the day approaching. God has a reason for telling you that. There is an anointing that will keep you healthy. It will keep you safe. You you don't get it watching me on YouTube. You don't get it. Are y'all understanding something? God's not dumb. He's not dumb by any stretch. The body of Christ carries an anointing, not just the preacher. We're not in the time of teaching. So don't treat church as a teaching center any longer. It's an anointing. It's a, it is a place of the anointing. And you'd better get in and get it. There are things that will happen that will keep you alive. You don't say, well, you know what? I really don't think I need to get in the boat. You're right, you don't have to. Might want to. It's going to rain real soon. I'm just trying to give you some wisdom because God's not, he's not dumb, guys. All right, that's, that's more than enough. Um, there's a lot of things the Lord shows me about stuff. And um, over 30 years, I've always been right. I'm not operating out of my mind. I'm not giving you a Bible lesson. I'm telling you, 
I've had people in this church that I looked at them and said, this is not a word for everyone. You need to be in church. You need to be in church. And when they didn't heed it, we lost them. Are you all out there? There's things that God gives a pastor that you need to quit going, I don't see the need for that. You're right, you don't, but I do. I know that sounds weird to people because you're, you kind of got this idea that I'm going to make, there's a, you know, kids do that. I don't, Mom, I don't see what in the world I need to do to brush my teeth for. Well, wait about 20 or 30 years. You'll figure it out. Well, so I figured out why my mom said that. Never mind. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. My mom said a lot of stupid things. Don't quit school. Wash behind your ears. Change your underwear, son. <laughs> never mind, never mind. My mom would always go, change your underwear before you left today, boy. I'm going, mom, no. <laughs> never mind. Matthew 2. All you moms are going, I think I understand that. Matthew 2, 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east. Now, everybody knows the story. There's no reason to elaborate it. But we understand that there was a day that everything changed in the earth. But there is a period between here and John the Baptist. It didn't just happen. When John the Baptist, when that day happened, all that God was showing us is something's about to change. Even that was a three-year period. There was another transition inside the transition that happened. At the end of the three years, there was another three-day transition. There's, there's periods in the period. When, when a woman's having a baby, there's the take her to the hospital period. There's the start breathing to, ah, I'll never do this again. I don't know how many women have said, it's your fault and I will, don't you ever get near me again. They usually get over it within a few months. Boy, y'all are lively. Go to Acts 1, 6 now. I want want you to see a scripture here. They asked Jesus a question here because he has now risen from the dead. And what did they think was going to happen? They thought the millennial reign was going to happen within a few days. They thought. So 1 6 says that when they had come together, they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons the Father put in his own authority. There are times and seasons God has the handle on them, and we do not. You can't change them with your faith. They're going to happen the way God said. They never, the Jews understood Daniel's prophecy that the Jews have seven years of Jewish time left. Mm -hmm. 
But Daniel never said anything in the prophecy about Gentile time. God has permission to not put everything in a prophecy if he wants to. So it threw the church when they read it and they said, well, we got seven years left. Jewish time, 2,000 years later, the Jews are sitting back going, that has been a long time. And we saw from the Good Samaritan that he took him to the end and kept him two days. 2,000 years. So we understand that we're about to enter into the last 1,000 year period somewhere around 10 years from now. I was listening to Kim Clement the other day prophesy and he was talking about 2027. You ought to go back and listen to the prophecy. Quite interesting. The only thing I can make of it, there is a powerful move of God in the earth. I mean signs and wonders and fire falling and hospitals emptying and people getting saved. The church is not ready yet. We're going to come into a period now where you find out you aren't God. Because we've been doing it by ourselves for a while. We don't even need him. We've got a job in the 401ks. You're going to have a time when you're going to have to pray. And you're going to start learning to get a hold of God. And he's not going to forsake you. He's just going to, you're going to learn a few things. Got some things to change. So Jesus was born. That's enough of that. Matthew 24. Go to Matthew 24. Let's go back over there and I'm going to read this to you. Oh, we're about out of time. I'm wasting so much time joking with y'all. 24. Twenty-four, three. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came and said, Tell us when will these things be? What is the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus said, Take heed, no one deceive you. Wow, was that ever important. <laughs> many will come in my name and say, I'm anointed, and deceive many. There will be wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. Major, major thing. And all of these things must come to pass. In other words, you're not going to change that. Your faith's not going to change it. Your voting is not going to change it. And Trump's not going to change that. But the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilences. Isn't that amazing? And earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. That's the woman who is starting to have birth pains. Started October 2019. October's a new year. And they'll deliver you to tribulation and even kill you. And you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And, they, and many will be offended. Has, has, have you seen anybody get offended lately? And betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets. Now let me say something about this right here. I don't believe he's talking about preachers. I think he's talking about the news media. I think he's talking about people who are just flat lying about everything that's going on. There's a lot of false teaching, a lot of deceit going on in the earth. You're supposed to know better. You're supposed to know. Okay. Many false prophets will rise and deceive many. Oh, man. Many law, they're because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. I don't believe that he's talking about Christians starting to sin more. 
I think he's talking about that we become numb. We see so much that it numbs us. We hear about abortion, it numbs us. We hear about homosexuality, it numbs us. We hear about children being taken off and hauled away and missing, and we just get numb. There's, it's every day. It's constant. And we're living in a different world. Lawlessness, many, don't let your heart get hard to God because of what you're seeing around you. Keep yourself in the love of God, as we've been talking about. Now, now, one more thing, and, and I, want you to, I want you to look at Jude 1, and, um, and I'm going to close with this. The other day I was in the room and I was reading and, and I've heard people say this and what they're saying is wrong. Don't, we don't need to be talking about Jesus coming back because we have work to do. Well, most of the people in the church aren't doing anything anyway. But that's not scriptural. What does he say here? Keep yourselves in the love of God looking for what? For the mercy, I'm going to go back to to Paul and Nikki. Something very beautiful happens when a man and a woman have a baby. They're looking forward to the child. All the pain, all the time, all the anguish means nothing when that baby comes. It's like, yay. And, and if it wasn't for that, that time period would be very, very difficult. But there's a joy in them, in the room, in the time. Nikki's, Nikki's not laying there going, I mean, she is. She is going, this is quite the deal. And Paul's going, no, it didn't. <laughs> and she knows it's quite a deal, but she also knows that soon and very soon this will be over, and she's going to hear, Ah, and she's going to go, this was worth it. We have a baby. And, and folks, listen, very, very soon, the church, and this is going to happen. It's going to happen in some of our lifetimes. We're going to see Jesus Christ put his foot on the Mount of Olives. We're going to see a brand new time period called the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ and we're not going to be talking anymore about elections, we're not going to be talking anymore about Democrats and Republicans and we're not going to be talking anymore about Iraq and Iran, we're not going to be talking anymore about China and nuclear weapons all of that is soon going to come to an end there was a Andre Crouch at a song and I think maybe we need to start singing it Soon, very soon, we're going to see the king. Now, I said all this because I'm making a point right now, and I want you all to get this. I think that the church is headed into a transition time that will be difficult. I just believe that we haven't seen the end of the stuff. I also believe what he said to me. If you'll listen to the prophets, Joseph prepared them 
so they didn't suffer with the world. A famine's coming. Listen to the prophets and you won't suffer with the world. As a church, listen to the word of God and you will not suffer with the world. But the next thing that we need to get excited about, we're not going through this forever. I have a picture in my house. My daughters bought it for me. Lisa, what's the little girl's name that drew it? Akiana. How many of y'all know who Akiana is? She drew a picture of heaven. I am looking forward to walking through fields of flowers, being in a place where there's music in the air, There is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no poverty, there is no crying, there is no wicked people. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Now I'm not, what is the word I want here? I'm not in denial that I live here now. And I'm not, I don't have a death wish to go home early. I don't, I got work to do. I thought about it a couple times. Lisa came in and said, what are you praying about? Don't you even think about leaving. Um, I don't have a death wish. I want, but I'm, but I'm also telling you that everything that's happening to us right now, I'm thinking he's coming back. And we're here at this time. And this is incredible. Now, that'll dispel fear. Because let's say that some of you do die. How long is forever? Long time. So you missed your life on earth by three years. All right, we can do that. We we talk about, well, they died. They were with Jesus. I mean, before long, I mean, it's not even going to matter whether you died at 80 or 90 or 73. It's not going to matter a lot. Now, I'm not trying to tell you it's okay to die. Or we don't care if you die. We care if you die. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. There's a scripture that says there's a time period coming where people are going to say, blessed are those that die. Now, things are going to get tough. I know it. I'm excited. But I'm not going to run around getting depressed because like Noah, it's going to rain. Just like living in the days when Jesus, you know, in the three days, they don't know what happened. He's coming back. He's coming back, guys. Jesus is coming back. I read a book not too long ago about someone went to heaven and they said that Jesus is walking around. He's kind of pacing heaven. The Father won't let him come. He he wants to come back so bad. He's like, can I go today? I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. No. He so wants to be with his church. He so wants to get this thing on. And the Holy Ghost is restraining him because there's people to be saved. I'm asking you to start getting excited 
because there's a baby in, in the canal. And this earth is about to give birth to a brand new time period. Well, yeah. Father, help them to be more excited when Mark comes. I believe that when you return, there's going to be a lot of excitement on this planet. I know I will be. Father, it's very comforting to me to know this, that we won't be like this forever. Soon, we won't be picking up our Facebooks and wanting to know what's happening in Washington. We'll know what's happening in Washington. Righteousness will reign. We'll know what's happening in Israel. Righteousness will reign. We're going to know what's happening in the world because Jesus is going to be sitting in Jerusalem. We're going to enter in a time period that the earth has never seen before. I pray that you would help us as a church to become way more familiar with what's about to happen in this earth, the return of Jesus. We give you thanks for it, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Well, since I can't get you more excited than that, just go home. I knew that would excite somebody. <laughs> it had to be Mike. It had to be Mike. Y'all have a good, good night. Have a good evening. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.